0: hey are you guys proud dog owners like i am you ever wonder why so many dogs are suffering from health issues actress katherine heigl you know katherine heigl from knocked up she's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation and she says that she's seeing more issues with dogs joints odors and health than ever before after doing a ton of research Catherine feels that there's one place that we can all look to improve our dog's health, and that is their food. Many dog foods can actually create toxins that can be wrecking our dog's health. Okay, and this is true even for many of the premium dog food brands. However, by just adding a few special superfoods to our dog's diets, we can see huge transformations in their health. Catherine Heigl has already done this. She's made a video about it. You guys need to watch this video. It's a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. This worked amazingly for my dog, Dusty. I'm noticing more energy, healthier skin, uh, healthier coat. Dusty's coat looks fantastic. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com disgraceland and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com slash Disgraceland. Disgraceland is brought to you by Disgraceland All Access. Disgraceland All Access membership is your chance to support the show and get ad-free listening, an exclusive scripted episode every month, and exclusive bonus content every week, plus access to an always-on chat with me and your fellow discos. Visit disgracelandpod.com slash membership, or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. Hey, discos, need a little more Disgraceland in your life? Just a touch to get you through? Yeah, me too. This is the podcast that comes after the podcast. Welcome to Disgraceland, the after party. Welcome to the Disgraceland bonus episode, a little thing we like to call the after party. This is the show after the show, the party after the party, the bridge to get you from one full episode of Disgraceland to the other, the backyard to dig into the dirt. On this episode, we are talking about... Velvet Underground, Fiddler's new Tom Petty cover, jazz, jazz, and more jazz, but especially Keith Jarrett's The Rich and the Poor, and of course, your voicemails, texts, DMs, and more, and as always, a whole lot of Rosie. All right, discos, let's get into it. Yes, yes, yes. Run, run, run. I am waiting for my man, and you are here with me in the after party in this, our Velvet Underground week. Ladies and gentlemen, is there a more influential band than the Velvet Underground? I'm asking because this is the week where we release our full episode on the Velvet Underground. We did two episodes on Lou Reed before, a couple seasons ago, uh, last season, but we're giving a whole episode to the full band right here, right now. And, uh, you know, I ask, I gotta ask, I gotta ask. Uh, because I just, I literally don't know the answer. Is the Velvet Underground the most influential band of all time when it comes to guitar-driven, alternative-ish sounding music, okay? Uh, At least in the latter part of the 20th century. So we're gonna get into that, but I just wanna say off the top here, um, if you're hearing something that sounds a little bit different, we're recording in a new space. Um, We are building this new mobile studio here for a hot minute as I build a bigger, uh, newer studio. So we're getting out the kinks here a little bit. So if it sounds different, that's what you're hearing. Uh, But let's get right into it, all right? I'm back. I'm psyched to be back. I took a week off from writing, from recording, from talking to you guys. I was traveling, did a huge road trip with my family, uh, about a week long. Uh, Stoked to be diving back into it here. So let's go back, all right? Let's hit this question of of the Velvet Underground's influence. Let's go back in time, beginning now in 2023 and tracing back the most impactful guitar-driven rock and roll bands, beginning with, I don't know, who's the new young guitar rock band that's impacting youth culture? I would argue that there isn't one, but that's a whole other can of words and probably a whole other episode. But let's say Fiddler. Uh, Fiddler, Fiddler, how the hell you pronounce that? A band I can't shut up about. I should know how to pronounce the the name of their band. Uh, This youngish guitar driven uh they're they're making and releasing music as we speak so let's start with them and then let's go back a couple more years let's go to the black keys they're still releasing music black keys are still selling out stadiums and then let's keep driving in reverse jack white the white stripes the strokes all right we just tore our ass backward in time to 2001 to the release of the first strokes record to a time when rock and roll still mattered but let's not stop there let's keep going okay let's keep going back in time from the strokes uh uh, Wilco to Radiohead to Flaming Lips to Nirvana Guns N Roses The Cult uh, who else The Pixies The Jesus Mary Chain The Smiths The Cure can't forget about our English friends and now now we're back into the latter half of the 70s The Clash The Ramones The New York Dolls all the way back to the Velvet Underground again Let's list those bands in reverse order. Fiddler, Black Keys, White Stripes, The Strokes, Wilco, Radiohead, Flaming Lips, Nirvana, GNR, The Cult, The Pixies, The Jesus and Mary Chain, The Smiths, The Cure, The Clash, The Ramones, New York Dolls, shit. Might as well even throw the Doors in. Uh Because the Doors, along with the rest of these bands, went on to be majorly influential in their own right. And not only on the bands that came after them, but on their peers and on each other. And all of those bands were directly influenced by the Velvet Underground. To say nothing of David Bowie, the Rolling Stones, Bruce Springsteen, Bob Dylan, and a handful of other heavies that in some ways, uh, both big and small, all took inspiration from the Velvet Underground. But here's the thing. Ask your average music fan to name 3 Velvet Underground songs and they'd be hard pressed to do so. I'm not judging, I'm just pointing out that the Velvet Underground, one of those bands that was way more influential than they were successful. I take it for granted I think of them as being these huge you know icons of music history and they are. They certainly are, but they're they're not like you know ask the the layperson like I said off the street who the Velvet Underground are or at least like you know name three songs or or a couple albums and, and they can't do that so what is it what is it about the Velvet Underground that made that band so influential but did not make them successful to me it boils down to one word cool when I think cool the image that most comes to mind and this is so true. This is the God's honest truth. When I think of cool, the image that comes to mind is Lou Reed, frozen in black and white with that short hair, those wraparound black sunglasses, the rest of the velvet standing around him on stage, statuesque, grotesque, androgynous, beautiful, all all at the same time. It's rock and roll, but it's also art. It's all some sort of contrived put-on that seems utterly effortless and totally New York. And not to take your wife and kids into town for the weekend to see a show version of New York, but in that dangerous downtown, take your life into your own hands to cop some dope kind of New York. The shit is compelling. All right? Even Jim Morrison, who in the late 60s was cool incarnate to middle America and the rest of the mainstream rock world, fell hard for the Velvet Underground. Andy Warhol, of course, had a lot to do with this. And we get into that in the full episode. But most of this influence, most of this cool, it's due to the members of the band themselves. Even though Warhol was a Svengali to be all Spengalis, the members of the band, Lou Reed, John Cale, Sterling Morrison, Moe Tucker, even Nico, they were all naturally cool beyond compare. You can see it in the images of the band, sure, like I mentioned, but more important, you can hear it in their playing depending on the member. Sometimes it's virtuoso-like, as is the case with John Cale, and sometimes completely amateur, as is the case with Nico and sometimes Mo Tucker, but it's never alienating. It's always perfect, pitch perfect. Even when, it, even when it's not pitch perfect, it's pitch perfect. It's always right on. It's always instinctually cool. The first time I heard The Velvet Underground, I was walking down the floor of my dorm on the first day, uh, my first day at Northeastern University, And I heard, I heard rock and roll, the song rock and roll. And I knew it was the Velvet Underground because I knew the Jane's Addiction version. And I knew that was a Velvet Underground cover, but I didn't actually know the Velvet Underground version. So I heard it. I was like, oh, this is cool. This must be the Velvet Underground. So I, you know, I go to the, go to the room where this is coming out of There's two dudes in there smoking hash, of course. So I walk in, introduce myself. I smoke some hash. We listen to that whole Velvet Underground record. Just fucking blew my mind. And I've been hooked ever since. And there's that danger to it right that that i hate to sound juvenile adolescent and cheesy but there's just something the culture of it that i'm in on something special i'm in on something unique i'm in on something that that person over there is not in on that is cool and i cannot define it if i could define it it wouldn't actually be Cool. So stupid question of the week. Who is the most influential rock band of all time? Is it the Velvet Underground? I can already hear people screaming back at me into their speaker. No, you idiot. It's the Stooges. It's the Stooges. So if so, if that's true, why? Why is it Iggy? Why is it Iggy Pop and the Stooges and not Lou and the Velvets? Or is it the Stones? Come at me with the Beatles, if you think so. The Pixies, Nirvana. Who is the most influential rock band of all time and why? Let me know. 617-906-6638. Leave a voicemail. Send me a text with your answers or hit me on the socials at DisgracelandPod. I'm back after this with your voicemails and your texts and your DMs. Hey guys, I wanna to talk to you about my Takovas cowboy boots. I picked them up while I was in Austin, Texas. I had this event I had to go to that night. It was a formal thing. I had this idea of what I was gonna wear, but I needed the one extra thing. And I was like, aha, Tacovas There's a Tacovas here in Austin. The dudes who worked at the store were great. I found the exact boot I was looking for. This boot is called the Dylan. I got it in midnight black. I wore them to this formal event. I had on a suit. And then tonight I'm gonna to wear them with jeans to my son's baseball game. These things are amazing cowboy boots. They're super comfortable, and I can tell already that they're gonna last for a long time. A couple things you can do here to check out Takovis. If you can, stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two. The experience is awesome. You can shop all the new styles. You're going to smell that fresh leather in the store. The friendly staff are going to be at your service. They're going to take care of you. They're going to make you feel like a rock star. A lot of the Tecova stores have these leather custom branding services to make your boots truly personalized. They put on regular live music and events. It's an awesome in-store experience. So if you have the opportunity to check out a Tecova store, I highly recommend it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges. And they ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, discos. It's Jake here. Thank you so much for listening to Disgraceland. Your support truly means a lot to me. And it's because of you that my team and I are able to make this show. If you want more Disgraceland, if you want more regular interactions with me and the community of Disgraceland listeners, or if you simply want to listen to the show ad-free, go to disgracelandpod.com membership, or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. For just five bucks a month, you can listen to every episode of Disgraceland ad-free. However you choose to join, all you got to do is go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership. Support the show for just $5 a month, five bucks, or sign up for an annual plan and get two months free. Come join me and your fellow discos at Disgraceland, all access by visiting disgracelandpod.com slash membership. Alrighty then, let's get into your voicemails, let's get into your text, hot on the heels of last week's Sonny Rollins episode. Uh, We got this
1: voicemail from Anne in the 303. Hey Jake, this is Anne, also known as Redhead1 from Instagram. I am your New York uh, Scorsese and Bjork connection. I've connected with you a few times. I wanted to leave you a voicemail um, after listening to your episode yesterday, and I'm excited for the Sonny Rollins episode today, uh, most definitely a jazz head, and I have some suggestions for you. Um, start with some Dave Brubeck, uh, particularly Take Five. That's a great album. You'll dig. Uh, Vince Giraldi, no, he did not just do the Charlie Brown Christmas special. He had uh, a trio in the early 60s that um, is really great, uh, straight-ahead jazz. Uh, Wes Montgomery, jazz guitarist, also from the 60s, very, very good, uh, very chill. And finally, Stan Getz, um, incredible saxophonist, very weird dude. He might be worth looking into for an episode, very strange guy, um, but an incredible uh, saxophonist, and he's responsible for bringing Bossa Nova to the U.S. from Brazil in the 60s. Um, also, to tie into a Badlands question, which is um, favorite summer movie, I'm going to go with a music doc. Uh, so I'm tying into two questions. Um, Jazz on a Summer's Day. If you've never seen it, man, check it out. I know you did a performance at the Newport Folk Festival. This is the Newport Jazz Festival from 1958. Everybody is in it. Louis Armstrong, et cetera, et cetera. Check it out. Jazz on a summer's day. Um, Love everything you do. Um, I've I've, I've had nice interactions with you previously. And I just want to say, keep doing what you're doing. And uh, check out some jazz. Have a wonderful day. Rock and roll. All
0: right. And I appreciate the call. Psyched to hear from you again. Um, I love Dave Brubeck. Okay. I think he's great, and you'll appreciate this. I heard this really funny story about Dave Brubeck recently. I can't remember where I heard it. Um, Some documentary or something. I think it might have been the Tom Petty doc. I'm not sure. But basically, uh, Dave Brubeck ends up meeting President Bill Clinton, okay? And Bill Clinton while he's president, I believe, I believe this is while he was president, says to Dave Brubeck, oh, I'm a huge fan. I I love your, I love your music. And Brubeck goes, yeah, name three records. (laughs) That just fucking killed me. (laughs) Just imagine you're meeting the president and the president is like, I love you. And you call him out, you challenge him. And apparently Clinton did it. Apparently Bill Clinton could do it. Um, you know, uh, so the story goes, who the hell knows if that's true or not. Uh, but whatever. I love it. I also love Vince Giraldi, a friend of mine, um, uh, from noble records, this record shop in North Carolina, sent me a, uh, sent me a bunch of records and he sent me this, this Vince Giraldi record called, uh, black Orpheus jazz impressions of black Orpheus. That's the full title. I fucking love it. Um, I'm sure, you know, uh, and I'm sure you know about the the Vince Straldi Grateful Dead connection. San Francisco guys. I once saw this cool picture of of Vince with some of the guys, Jerry and, and the rest of the Dead. They're just hanging out. Very cool. Um, yeah, West Montgomery, I gotta get into it. Uh, it. Hit me up with a with an album. Where do I start? There's so much. I hear it on mixes. I always love it. I always remind myself to go back to it. I never go back to them. So just let me know what full length to check out. And uh, speaking of jazz, uh, oh yeah, I also have not seen jazz on a summer's day, despite playing at the Newport uh, Folk Festival last year and uh, attending the Jazz Festival many times. I still haven't seen that, but thanks for reminding me. Uh, jazz on a Summer's Day is what Anne is talking about. It's a it's a great documentary about uh, jazz musicians, Newport folk, New- excuse me, Newport Jazz Fest in particular. Um, and speaking of jazz, Anne, uh, in New York City, where you're from, your hometown, uh, looks like I will be at a famous jazz venue in New York in September. Uh, doing an event. It's not my event. It's a musician friend of mine that will be announced shortly. I'm almost 100% confirmed. It's going to be some heavy hitters involved too. should be a lot of fun. I'll let you know about that. I'll let everyone know about that when it comes up. All right, Ann. thanks for the call. Uh, okay. Prior to our Sonny Rollins episode, we released a full episode on Merle Haggard, and that prompted a bunch of country conversation. So let's hear uh, this voicemail from the 859.
2: Hey, Jake, this is Roger from uh, Dry Ridge, Kentucky. I've listened to pretty much all your episodes, love most of them, but I feel that you're long overdue for a Waylon Jennings uh, episode. When it comes to the outlaw badass country music, you don't get more outlaw badass country than Waylon Jennings. And I would love to hear one on Lane Staley from Allison Chains. Keep up the great work. Peace out.
0: I hear you, man. Roger, there, there will be a Waylon Jennings episode. This has now become, Waylon has become one of the most requested subjects for Disgraceland. I did do a uh, a YouTube story on him. You can check that out. That's at our YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash at Disgraceland pod. And uh, that was his whole connection to the cocaine bear. You can check that story out there. I think the episode that I do, however, will be much more far reaching than what we did on YouTube. Uh, but, that's not going to be anytime soon. Uh, in the future, just uh, not in the near future. All right. So we got the YouTube thing to tide over your whaling. Excuse me, whaling Jennings uh, Jones. All right. Um, Still on the country tip. Let's check out this voicemail from the eight one zero.
2: Hey Jake, it's Dean from the eight one zero. Just calling about your this very topic of uh, good like biopics and stuff like that on music artists and stuff like that. Um. I still think it's probably one of my favorites to walk the line, but I got to say, like, your Johnny Cash episode kind of changes the perspective a little bit when you watch that movie and makes you think a little differently. And then on top of that, when we brought this up, it got me thinking, and I was just doing some Google searching around, and I stumbled upon a documentary called My Darling Vivian that came out a few years ago about Johnny Cash's first wife, and that also just, like, totally changes your perspective and outlook on Johnny Cash and stuff like that. So... Keep it real, man.
0: Rock and roll. Bye. Dave, I love the Johnny Cash walk the line biopic. Um, I think it's it's one of the better ones. And I I go into it with a open mind, went into it with an open mind when I watched it and when it's on and I I rewatch it, I do the same thing. You know, the bottom line is you've only got 90 minutes or at most two hours to tell the story of these artists. It's why I love what I do in Disgraceland uh, because I am not, I mean, I have 30 minutes or sometimes I can do double episodes or whatever, but I'm not stuck to the sort of three act um, screenwriting Format, And I don't have to hit the same beats that you have to hit in a multi-million dollar budgeted uh, film. Uh, and so I kind of feel for the filmmakers in a lot of way, but I think the Johnny Cash one in particular, they did a really good job. There's been some really bad ones. I don't want to shit talk any of them, but we know what they are. Um, the bottom line is these, these artists, especially an artist like Johnny Cash, there's so much to cover. There's so much, these lives that they live, his life in particular, he lives such a full life, and you know when you're talking about our side of the street here, what we do, you, me, the sort of music and true crime stuff. It's there's so much to cover when it comes to Johnny Cash. When I first started researching Johnny Cash for that episode, you were talking about Dave. Uh, my my initial thought was, and I almost did it. I got I got into pre production with it. I was like, this is a ten episode series. Um, this is far more than one episode, and I ended up only doing one. Um, for reasons that I won't go into, but I do think down the line, there's a larger Johnny Cash story for me to tell. Um, but yeah, thanks for the call, Dave. Appreciate that. Let's, uh, let's check out Wendy from the four one five.
3: Hey there. Um, I'm kind of a new listener, um, but, uh, I love the show and I know it's a little late, but I've been concentrating on, uh, Taylor Swift. My name's Wendy. um from four one five and yeah, I'm the same generation as you. But I've been doing some deep diving and I totally realized why she has a female like cult. Well, mostly female. Because she's strong but vulnerable and like, just women have such low self-esteems and she's saying things that girls feel and they can't say. And I don't know, I just, I kind of, I really get it. It's like a voice for girls and women. And, and to not be ashamed of it. Or be like, oh, this is stupid. This is weak or whatever. It's like she has issues with her self-esteem, but then goes out there like a rock star. And as a businesswoman, as a songwriter in pop, yeah, it's just a tornado. Like, and then with social media. So I just want to give my two cents on there. Um, because I kind of didn't understand it at first. I mean, I understood her, but not like this complete nuttiness but yeah the little girls are growing up i guess so take care love the show and yeah congrats bye
0: wendy thanks for the call i hear you it's uh it's powerful stuff i appreciate your insight into miss swift and her fans thank you for listening i appreciate the new listeners all right let's check out a couple more here uh this one from the 808
2: Bro, number one, I want to know how many takes it took to get that fucking fast beach down at the end. But beyond that, I didn't realize it. It's Curtis from Connecticut. Dude, you have to just do Gangstar. Gangstar has one of the coolest stories for up-and-coming and and being a legend that's not spoken highly of or highly regarded by a lot of people. Very underrated. Hands down, one of the best. Gangstar, one of the best yet.
0: Curtis, my man, uh... Where do I start with Gangstar? Where? What's the book? What's the doc? What's the music? What's the the magazine article? Where's the angle? Let me know. Hit me back 617-906-6638. Appreciate the message, uh, Johnny from the two zero seven. Let's hear from you,
2: Jake. It's your buddy Johnny from New Hampshire, man. Hey, thanks for the uh, thanks for the play, and uh, you know, honestly, thank you. For a shit who we are. Like, that's pretty cool. Like, I, I... I, It would be so easy for you to just be like, ah, whatever, the listeners, fuck them. All I need, you know, just listen to my thing and shut up. But it's really, really... I don't know. The word inclusive is thrown around so much that it's lost its meaning. But it's really... It just creates such a sense of community for me. Like, I really look forward to this. And I feel like... I feel like we're all part of it. So it's cool. Like, we're, for lack of a better term, I feel like um, when the Tasmanian devil <laughs> just kind of turns into a whirling dervish. Like, this whole show is just like a crazy musical whirling dervish of people and listening and different. I, I'm into it. So good job. All right, brother. Love you. Rock and roll Keep up the good work, my man. I got to go get on this roof and fix this chimney. Cha-cha.
0: That's right, man. Community. That's what we're building. That's what we're doing here. Um, I don't know what else to say. Keep listening. Keep calling. Keep texting. Keep telling me what you guys want. Keep telling me what you like, what you dislike, what you want to hear, what you want me to create. I am here for it. 617-906-6638. Voicemail and text. Speaking of text, let's, uh, let's get into some text right now. All right, from the 707, the 707 writes in, please make an April Fool's episode about Millie Vanilli. I can't think of a crime to tie them to, but that's what researchers are for. On a more serious note, I would love a White Stripes Jack White episode. His album with Loretta Lynn is excellent if you haven't heard it. Uh, 707, I have heard it. I have heard that record. I think it's real good. Um, I think an episode, I've always thought there was a Jack White episode there. He's so fucking prickly though. I'm just worried, you know. I don't want that dude freaking out or whatever. All right, let's see. What else we got here? From the 706, I just heard your rant on U2, The Undertones, and Thin Lizzy. I totally groove on Thin Lizzy with you, and U2 has always kind of sucked. But <laughs> That's a big statement. But I wonder why you completely forgot Flogging Molly. Well, I completely forgot Flogging Molly because I forget shit, man. Uh, Dave King put some amazing shit together there. You should give them a try. And uh, if I'm being honest, I'm not that familiar with Flogging Molly's catalog, but I appreciate the prompt, and I'm going to go check that out. Let's see what else we got here from the 802. Jeff from the 802. Awesome duet to check out. Iggy Pop and Kate Pearson. Candy, I agree with you, 802. It is great. 260 writes in, hey, Jake, Rob from the 260. You were asking about times that Pop Monsters shared the mic. I got a recent one that I'm sure you probably heard about. July 15th. That's real recent, Rob. July 15th, Rob says. 2023, Rob says. Ford Field in Detroit, says Rob. Michigan, says Rob. I was one of the lucky... Lucky 70,000-plus that night that saw m freaking m pop up under Ed Shearing's Mathematics stage. The place absolutely erupted. You couldn't even hear Marshall spitting until the chorus came back around. After we all lost ourselves, the duo hit us with a killer rendition of Stan before M left the stage with a giant middle finger to the entire arena. It was legendary. Now, that's my kind of text. Love that. Love that. Also... I've worked my way around on Eminem. Old school Disgraceland fans will know what I'm talking about. Okay. Hey, Jake. Matthew here from the 717. I was able to snag a copy. And he's got a picture here of Fishbone's Truth and Soul on vinyl. Damn. I need that. I need that. I need that record on vinyl. Where'd you get that, 928? Where'd you get that, Matthew. Why does your number say 928, but you're saying you're from the 717? I don't understand. Anyways, more importantly, nice grab. Uh, 646, in my opinion, Stevie Wonder's impact culturally supersedes princes. You talk about a brother from another planet. That is from my buddy from the 646. Uh, Does Stevie Wonder impact culture? Did he more than prince? It's a good question. I don't know the answer. Uh, 612, Eric from Minneapolis. Top duet, I go straight to Nick Cave and Kylie Minogue. Uh, Eric says a lot. I'm going to skim through this. He also says, Today you asked for the best musician in the Talent vs. Craft episode. It's not possible. Best guitarist, Andrew Ballou. No question of his impact and creativity. But is he as good as Jimmy Page, Django Reinhardt, Stanley Jordan, or freaking Michael Hedges? This is what led me... To my favorite slash greatest system, which is number one, my all time overarching favorite. Number two, my favorite as shown by who I listen to the most. Three, who am I into right now? Example in the best favorite band category all time is The Residents. Whoa. Number two, most listened to is Ween. Damn. Number three, right now I'm super digging Vistas from Scotland. Sorry for going on. I was going to call, but I'm sick as heck and can't talk so swell. Keep making the quality you do. It is appreciated. You got it, Eric. Thanks for that message. Um, Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to keep going. There's a lot there. All right. One more here. Here we go. Hey, Jake. It's from Lance Vallis. Not sure if my Facebook Messenger message got through. Thought I'd send you the same one via text. By request, some essential jazz listening. Lee Morgan, the Sidewinder. I have it. It's awesome. Benny Golson, the Philadelphians. Never heard of it. We'll check it out. Dave Brubeck, time out. Have it. Listen to it. Awesome. Wes Montgomery smoking at the half note. Well, I asked earlier uh, what the West Montgomery album to get into, and I guess I have my answer here. Charlie Christian, genius of the electric guitar. I got the impression you were looking for acoustic jazz, but a couple of excellent electric jazz fusion records are Light as a Feather Return to Forever Spectrum, Billy Corbin. Uh, very eagerly awaiting an Elliott Smith episode. I used to live in the Boston area, and I might be totally misremembering this, but did you used to host an open mic or something like that at the Brendan Bean and Jamaica playing, playing like 20, 25 years ago? No, I did not. Did not host an open mic. Give me some fucking credit, man. But my dad did have a residency, not an open mic, at the Brendan Bean about 30 years ago, and I talked about that on one of the recent after party episodes. Uh, you must have just Missed it. All right. So, them's the text is okay. 617 906 6638. Leave me a text, send me a voicemail at this Graceland pod with the DMs. I will get to you on direct message shortly Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. This bonus episode is turning out to be super long. So, we're going to do the DMs next week. Uh, take one quick break back in a flash. The recommendations part, this is the recommendations part, the part where we recommend the things that need recommending the recommendations part, what I've been listening to so As you can tell, I've been listening to a lot of jazz. I mentioned the Vince Giraldi album above. Uh, Also been listening to Keith Jarrett. Dude has a massive discography, but for me, it's all about the album Treasure Island right now. Specifically, the lead-off track, The Rich and the Poor. Quite possibly one, if not the greatest, end-of-the-workday songs that I've ever heard. It screams, take a load off, and crack a cold can of beer. Makes me instantly feel like I'm... I'm like some fucking hard boiled detective in a suit that I haven't taken off in three weeks. And, you know, I'm, I'm in some 70s crime thriller. I just walked into my shitty studio apartment in the village and I'm on the hunt for something wet and cold to fucking drown my day. I love this song. Check it out. Keith Jarrett, the rich and the poor. And for Keith Jarrett heads out there, and I know you're out there, I know there's some heavy jazz dudes out there, some major dudes. Uh, let me know where to go next with Keith Jarrett. There's so much of it, okay? 617 907. Six 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 three eight. Also, what are your holy shit work is finally done and I need a beer songs? What song do you reach for when work is done and you're reaching for a cold one? Let me know. 617-906-6638. Is that specific enough for you? I have a feeling we're going to get a lot more classic country incoming on this one. Let me know your favorite after work songs. All right. I'm also listening to Fiddler's new single cover of Tom Petty's Free Fallen. This is on the heels of the band's recent cover of Limp Bizkit's Nookie. Not sure what these guys are up to, but I am here for it. Keep the fucked up covers coming, guys. Anyone knows this band, let them know how much I love them. Uh, Would love to talk to them. I love this band so much. I wish I was in it. And that's saying something because I really have zero desire to ever be in a band again. It's a hard life. You guys know this. But as the kids say, fuck it, dude. Life is rad. We asked a couple bonus episodes ago, uh, what were the best non-music biopic music movies? And a lot of you wrote in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And I got to say, this might be my top choice as well. Was on TCM recently. I think it was TCM. And uh, I can't not watch this when it's on. I can't skip through it. I can't change the channel. So I watched it and uh, it was the beginning. It was great. Bradley, you know, he's in the cruising vessel, cruising into the parking lot in that opening scene or one of the opening scenes. Uh, It just, this movie is one of those great movies where it doesn't matter what the song is. The photography is so good. The visuals are so great that, you know, this is like, I didn't give a shit about Jackson Brown when I was a kid, but this movie made me give a shit about Jackson Brown. That's how good this movie is. I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but if by chance there's any young kids listening to this and you're just like, you've heard of this movie, but you have not seen it go watch it. Run. Watch Fast Times of Ridgemont High. 617-906-6638 if you have any more non-biopic music movies to recommend. Also, let me know what your favorite afterwork tune is to crack a cold one to. Uh, let me know and check out The Rich and the Poor by Keith Jarrett at Disgraceland Pod on the social. 617-906-6638. I'm back in a flash with some zen. All right, let's recap, shall we? Number one, Velvet Underground is the latest episode of Disgrace Land. It is in your feeds right now. Number two, we've got a new season of Badlands just launched with an episode on Johnny Depp that is available in the Badlands feed this week. We are dropping this episode Uh, It's a season launch episode, so we're dropping it into the Disgraceland feed as well. But guys, this show, the show, the show, the episodes on Hollywood figures on actors and actresses, that is Badlands. That is not Disgraceland. We release those weekly as well, but you got to go to the Badlands feed and subscribe and follow Badlands there to get all the episodes in addition to the Disgraceland episodes that you get here in this feed. All right. So subscribe to Badlands is what I'm saying. Number three, next week in the Disgraceland feed, we start our headfirst deep dive into the world of hip hop some archive releases to tee up the next season of Disgraceland, which I am very excited to tell you about. Number four, my number, 617-906-6638. Call me on the telephone, text me. Uh, all right, my moment of bliss, me reading you the phone book. Lyndon, CT, 3511 8th Avenue South, FA4-2664. Lyndon, Carl T. Jr., 7400 Toulon Ave. 836-7333 Lindenberg, Fred A, 104-A South 60th, 592-8677, Linder, BG Doctor, Office of Medical Arts Building, AL 2 2304. Linderman, see also Linderman.
1: Linderman, C.A., Mrs. 2834
0: Bessemer Road, S.T. 5 7796. Linderman, Gordon 4268, 4th Avenue South, 592 and
1: Talking and start mixing! Cut it!